3: Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha.
0: And welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio.
3: Yes, and welcome to a special episode. It's not a happy hour today because we're going to make this a bigger thrill. And <gasps> by bigger thrill, what we're saying is we're doing season one finale today bum 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 of sex and, in the city <laughs> oh yeah i forgot that part i always forget one part to this you do sex and in the I, city. I like i always like have sure. a build up of the one thing yeah but uh-huh. because it is season one season finale of sex in the city we had to bring a guest because we couldn't do this alone we had to celebrate with our
4: good friend bridget todd welcome bridget Thank you so much. I am so ready to talk Sex and the City. I love this show. I am locked and loaded. I cannot wait. Oh, my
0: gosh. We are so happy to have you.
4: <laughs> yes, we've been talking about doing this for so long
3: now, and now it's come to fruition, and we are here. But we do have some traditions to follow. Uh, as tradition, Annie, can you please let our listeners have the review of what has happened thus far in Season oh, 1 of Sex and the City? Okay.
0: I love this. I love that you're here, Bridget, because you're going to hear me fumble (laughs) through this. Okay. So, so far we've had conversations around single women versus married women, baby showers, anal sex, vibrators, uh, dating young people, uh, models, dating models, um, dating fixer uppers, I guess... Um, farting in front of your boyfriend. <laughs> not being perfect, I guess, was the ultimate point of that story in front of your boyfriend. Wanting to get married or not wanting to get married. Uh, female body. And art, I guess. Um. <laughs> and art,
3: yes. <laughs> Thank
0: you for that. I think that's... Uh, a lot of good conversations have come out from this, but we also have met uh, the big love interest for Carrie, Big. Um and seeing a lot of uh, others kind of pass by for, for the other characters.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Is that good? Yeah. Is that about right? <laughs> that, that's pretty good. I like it. So, uh, Bridget, you have not been on our little uh, track here, but I am interested. What do you remember of season one of Sex and the City?
4: Oh, I remember that season one of Sex and the City, a lot like other HBO shows, was kind of playing with format and genre, like... It kind of people forget that the early season, season one in particular, had this kind of like like someone is making a documentary about relationships feel. But they sort of I don't think they I think they kind of abandoned that as a trope. So I remember it's a lot of like people talking at the camera and people being interviewed. I remember that. In the episode where Carrie farts, they replay the <laughs> fart over and over again. Like, right. she's, like, just, like, going about her business, and then she hears the, like, fart. <laughs> yeah, what's funny is that I, I you know, was watching this show as it came out and, like, was, obs- like, you know, was obsessed with it, watched it all the time. And I thought that the, the characters were so grown up and so, like, quote, old. Bear in mind, I was watching this in high school, and now it's like, oh, I'm— Probably older than they—they they were supposed to be on the show. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yes.
3: <laughs> they are uh, mid thirties, early thirties, and yeah, I have bypassed that. I'm at Samantha's <laughs> age, Samantha on um, Six in the City, and they pretty much treated her as if she was ancient like and an old like lady. so right. <laughs> like they're so proud that she could still hang with them when she could outdo all of them. I can't outdo my friends. I'm just saying that's how <laughs> I remember the show, and because. I think, Bridget, you and I have talked about the fact that this this was a pretty significant show for the two of us, especially, like, trying to understand relationships and actually liking sex or wanting to be sexy and what that looks like with pushing the boundaries of not just being the cutesy girls in the background, can't talk about this, you know. For me, growing up in the Southern culture, very religious culture, I, that, this was, like, unheard of. And it was like, Ooh! What women actually putting themselves out as like sexy and being seen that's amazing. And yes, we do have the characters of wanting to get married, but also having the strong characters of like not necessarily needing to be married that was such a
4: phenomenon to me. Yeah, and I also think this the con the, the frank conversation about sex and like specific sex acts, you know, sex in the city, they were talking about anal sex, and like there's a guy who wants Carrie to pee on him, and like it's like the frankness with which they discussed specific sex acts, I think, was a new thing. I think that we didn't really have a lot of mainstream television characters that, that placed women in conversations about sex in this way. And, you know, for, for me, Sex in the City, for better or for worse, I feel like it defined what I thought a generation of my life would look like. Like, I, I moved to New York for a while because I wanted to, to have a Sex in the City style Life, like I thought, it would be really cool to live in New York City, have some like cool, flashy job, have friends, date, like you know, be neurotic about my dating life. Like I I think it really was something that got in my head and gave me a a blueprint for what, at this point in my life, it was my twenties, but like what my twenties would look like. Right,
3: Uh, it definitely was a fantasy. Uh, I really do like. And Andy, we haven't come to a couple of these episodes that we've mentioned. There is a moment when people actually calculated how much she spent on shoes, how much she spent on eating out. And they were like, my God, <laughs> like it was such <laughs> a huge amount. Uh, and the realisticness of like people who actually do move to New York don't have this life <laughs> that they have oh. created as <laughs> of like, this is the standard. <laughs>
4: Carl, let me tell you, Carrie is meant to be a freelance columnist, right? She doesn't work multiple jobs. That's her only job. And so her apartment is meant to be rent controlled. Like, okay, I don't know. But it, like having, having navigated the New York City rental market, I have some questions. But just looking at her clothes, it doesn't make any sense. Like, she would be in major, major, major debt. It doesn't make any sense. It's a complete right. fantasy financially. Like-
3: <laughs> And they do, they do talk about her being in debt, but she is quickly to come out of it, which is also very unrealistic. It's like a one-episode blip of like, ma'am, that's not possible for you to be that quickly done with this. <laughs> but I digress. We are going to talk about the season finale. However, because even though this is not on our happy hour day or happy hour series, we are still enjoying a happy hour because it's sex in the city, and we should obviously have some type of drink. So I must ask, are, do you ladies have a drink in your hand? And what are you drinking, if so?
4: Oh, I if I had been a little more on the ball, I would be drinking a Cosmopolitan right now. But <laughs> right. I am having a nice white wine. Ooh. Ooh.
0: I got a little creative on this one because I recently was very fortunate enough to go on a beach trip with my friends. And they brought all of these alcohols I don't normally drink, one of which is called Loverboy. Ooh. Which is like... A tea. <laughs> oh. um, so I made like, I still have my galactic gin, my Star Wars themed gin, and I mixed it with some of the Lover Boy and some lime and topped it off with a lot of sparkling water. And it's actually really refreshing. Um, okay.
4: Very tart. Oh my God. Do either of you watch Summer House on Bravo? No. Oh, Loverboy is um, I think like owned by two of the people from that that terrible reality show that like oh. nobody should watch, but I definitely <laughs> watch every, every week. <laughs> oh my god. I could better. ask my
0: friend if she knew that or if she didn't.
3: Know that. Oh my god. I I that was amazing. <laughs> I have no reference to either one of these things. I I need to know. Yeah, and I am being very basic because we just, uh, I just moved into my house and I can't find anything. Um, So I am drinking a Corona Premier. So I am that basic, but it's doing its job. That's all I have to (laughs) say to that. Um, Yes, and, of course, moving on to even more of our tradition, Annie, I'm about to tell you uh, the title of this episode, and I need a prediction from you. And because we have Bridget here, I'm going to see if she remembers and can kind of give us some background on it, too. So, Annie, the title is O Come All Ye Faithful.
0: Okay. I think that this has to do with Carrie's sort of Fight with Big, where she's like, maybe I do want to get married because he said he didn't want to get married, and they have like a is it come to Jesus moment of you know I want this, what do you want, what are we doing? What did you call that, Samantha? Define the relationship, defining the DTR. relationship, the
3: DTR, yes but like Very in a important. bigger way, <laughs> like right, the right. where are we going? <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. That's okay. what I think it's gonna be.
3: Okay, okay. So, Bridget, I'm going to say if you can can you do this without spoilers cuz I don't know how much you remember, but do you remember this episode and can you kind of give us a small synopsis of it?
4: I remember this episode really well. Um, <laughs> it has a beautiful ending scene. I remember that. Like very poignant. Yes. I yeah. also think this was an episode where I mean, this happens a lot on the show, but where I was like, Carrie, girl, what are you doing? Like she has some behavior that I think is borderline, like she's she's always very neurotic and very like yes overthinking her relationships. But she, she has some behavior here that I would never recommend any friend of mine do. I'll put it that way. Right. <laughs>
1: right.
3: Um, and, oh, yes, that's good. This is a good one, yes. And I think uh, now that you say that, I have to say, though, she has some ride or die friends. Miranda was definitely ride or die in this situation. Maybe she should have warned her some, for some things, but still, like, it was good to see that she would be there to, oh, during her mistakes to pick her back up.
4: Is, yes, is she deep. has some... But she's lucky to have some really good friends. Yes,
3: agreed. And yeah, I was uh, mentioning this before, but this is one of those episodes where there's a scene on here, and we'll talk about it in a bit, that always makes me cringe so hard that I must fast forward. I'm like, nope, I can't watch this every time. But we'll be watching it together in its entirety. Oh my so gosh! I'll let you know how I feel about that after the fact. So, are you ready? I am oh, ready. Oh,
0: now I'm not so sure. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> okay. Well, let's get into it. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a National Association member, FDIC.
3: So, oh, I have a question for you, Bridget. On the intro, did it always anytime make you pause at any point when you see this Asian dude who just gawks at her? I always yes, thought it was the weirdest
4: thing. It's so weird. Like, was that on purpose? I think it's meant to be like she's just like you can't take your eyes off of her. She's really a you know a focal point of, the, of, a, of a, a New York City street.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: uh, so,
5: what's with the showers? What do you mean? You always get up and shower right after we're done. I'm starting to oh, feel man. like it's me. Oh
2: no!
1: See,
4: to me, no, this no, doesn't no. feel weird. It's not you. Is this weird <laughs> to go See, shower I, after sex? Yeah. I don't have air conditioning in my apartment, so this is like our the standard operating I behavior know, in I my this house, was like a thing.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I think that there's this like romantic notion of cuddling immediately oh. after and relaxing maybe. I feel like
0: you give it a small cuddle and then you shower and then you come back and cuddle more.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but also if it's like not a like you're dating Constantly, and he was hopping in my shower. That'd be weird. That would to me, be a little be weird.
4: I once went out with a guy who biked to, our, to my house for our, for our very first date, and he was so sweaty that I was like, Do you want to take a shower before we go to dinner? And he said, Yes.
3: You just offered it. You're like, Go, they would please take a shower. He was so
4: sweaty.
2: Well,
0: hello there, churchgoer. All right. Hmm. Mr. Pink goes to church. My ex-boyfriend was Catholic, and it was a whole thing. A
4: whole thing? The Catholics? (laughs) (laughs) Woof!
0: Like the three-hour ceremony that I'm not technically supposed to participate
4: in, but I have to be there
0: for. Oh, oh and God. you have to be oh, wow. there, and
4: it's like a freaking gymnastics routine. Like, get on your knees, stand up, <laughs> yes. turn around, up, down, up, down. One, two, three, one, two, three, go, go. Like, and you're just like watching whole, everybody. Yeah, like, it's like a calisthenics God. routine. It is. I, I went to Catholic school, so I'm very familiar. Uh, uh, yes. You know the routines. Oh, yes.
3: So she's just now finding out that he takes his mother to church every Sunday. That seems like something, you, wouldn't you ever make
4: plans on Sundays? Are they so rigid? They live in New York. You gotta assume they're going to a Sunday brunch here or there if they're in a relationship. Obviously, obviously.
3: Maybe they just meet after the fact and he just never mentioned it.
4: Seems seems unlikely. This is like a little bit of a plot hole. (laughs)
5: It was one of those awkward relationship moments where you feel like you know nothing about the person you thought you knew everything about. This is true.
3: I've had this happen before.
0: You find out that somebody's religious, you're dating, you're like, really? To her. really?
3: Oh, that's a question I ask at the beginning. I've been scarred too many times. Mm.
0: I should have known there was something with religion with the title. Damn it.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
5: Samantha decided to treat herself to a night of great music.
2: I couldn't help but notice how you move to the music. It's beautiful.
3: Did any of this happen to either one of you where you're somewhere by yourself and someone comes in with this smooth line, like, I couldn't uh, help but notice how you move? Has that ever happened to you as a pickup line? Yes. Oh, really? Am I the only one,
0: though? I ran away. I literally ran away like (laughs) a child. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, please don't tell me your poetry about my thighs. Please (laughs) don't.
4: I was once out with a friend and a guy came up to her and was like, I couldn't help but notice you from across the bar. I've never seen anybody look like you before. You're gorgeous. And we we both were just like stunned. I think I was like, oh, Like I couldn't believe it. (laughs) This is real. Is this real?
0: (laughs) I had a guy tell me I looked like an angel once and I was like, nope, nope, nope. Out, 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 out.
4: (laughs) I guess like, do you want like, I can't, I can't speak for, I'm just curious. Do you want people to come up to you in public and hit on you? Or is that just like always a horrible situation? I
0: don't think it's always a horrible situation. But I think because of our unfortunate society, for a lot of women, it is like, a like oh, God, <laughs> you must be a creeper situation. If it's like just some random guy, I'm always like on edge. Right. And I kind of got in a fight with, about this with a male friend of mine who was like, but can it be romantic? And I'm like, sure, maybe. But most of the time, I'm just like, please leave me alone. I'm just trying to exist in this world. And I have too much
3: bad experience. So... Yeah, I think it's based on their reaction. If they start, like, continue to push or don't go away, that's when it gets super bad. The, the initial is, like, shocking. They're like, okay, thanks. And then it's like... Usually my go-to has always been... I lie and say I'm with my boyfriend or I have a boyfriend in order to get, like, just to shut it all down. But yeah, typically no. It's a no for me. You Because that's
4: the only way that, like, some men, you have to, like, evoke an imaginary or real other man to whom you belong. You just saying you're not interested is not enough. There has to be, oh, no, I belong to another man who wouldn't appreciate this.
3: (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, and then I've
0: had, like, show me his picture before. And then they'll say, like, oh, well, I could do better than he could. I've built better than he could. I'm like,
3: I've had, does he make you happy? And then Uh. also, does he let you have friends? Oh,
4: gross. How pathetic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Once I was walking down the street with my partner and some guy hanging on the street said, uh, well, to both of us, like, you know, my dick is bigger than his. And we just like laughed and walked away. But to this day, I regret not saying, whip him out, let me see. (laughs) Dare you? Let me measure it. All right, I got my tape measure right here. Let's go. I'll be, I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> I that would have been amazing.
1: I don't see marriage. Well, how
5: can you just say that like that? I mean, what about my feelings, honey? I'm, I'm a psychic.
3: I'm not a shrink. You know, so, so we see that Charlotte this is, is, is so, so sad 100%. that Sam's found love before her that she has to go to a, a tarot card reader, a fortune teller, and she's being told she's never gonna find love. Okay, so have either of you done this? No, I have not. So, Bridget, you have though? You've gone oh, to a tarot reader? Oh yeah, card I love reader?
4: like woo woo, any of that. I've had, I've had my palm read. I've done tarot. Um, I used to when I lived in New York. I used to get hot stone massages by this woman in the Lower East Side who would also offer, oh like, goodness. a reading while she did the stones. Wow, that's <laughs> actually intimate. I don't totally believe it in it. It's just, like, a, you know, fun thing. But she did accurately predict a relationship I would soon get into uh, in one of our sessions. So you tell me.
3: Oh, you know what? I lied. I have had it done before. I forgot because it was a very like blip thing where it was at a festival I was working. And they're like, let me me read this for you. And it got so intense about how dark my past was and how much trauma that I had that I was like, we have to stop. We can't talk anymore. Oh my God. Yeah, Yeah, it might work. Did
0: you, Annie? I went and got one, but it wasn't about relationships. It did end up becoming about relationships, but I kept being like... That's not a thing.
2: It's like I'm just gonna go jump in the shower and then,
4: boom,
3: I'm all yours. There's nothing sinful about sex.
2: We're back.
4: With Anderson, I feel like they give Miranda a lot of the awkward sex scenes on the show, they do. like they really a lot of do. weird close-ups and like awkward bodies. I agree, and I've
0: only I've only seen the first season, and I'm already like
3: she has some of the most interesting relationships, and not to, not to say that these guys aren't great, these guys are fine, but like the standard for her men seem to be lower than everybody else's. Completely agree. with. Now, I guess
1: this means I'm not going to hell. Great news. Thank you, Miranda. Thank you for saving my immortal soul. In her
5: effort to help, Miranda had accidentally detonated some kind of Catholic guilt
2: bomb.
3: <laughs> so she pretty much just I'm questioned why shy. he oh, was doing this and that she, you know, you know, this sex is not a sin. And then he just goes off on her. And then they broke up. I had a,
0: I had a boyfriend that was like this. I feel like my church, I'm not very really I'm not religious at all now, but my church growing up, It did scare me, but there wasn't a lot of sex shaming that I remember, so I didn't have that.
3: No, shoot, mine was all like, you will go to hell.
4: (laughs) Yeah, in my Catholic schooling, I don't remember a lot of shaming. I just remember a lot of like bad information. Like they told us that like condoms didn't work. They told us like the the, the amount of like misinformation we were given uh, and also traded among each other was ridiculous. (laughs)
5: mother then miranda and i would
3: go for eggs look at how crowded it is what a sham so we have carrie and miranda decided to go spy on big and his mother at church at their church okay Okay. so we're coming up yeah so we're coming up on the scene where i will fast forward (laughs) oh my god Tall oh my
5: God! <laughs> uh, I think I fell a little bit more in love with him.
2: Let us pray. We come together. This day. We're
3: out of here. Receive
2: your blessing. Uh,
5: uh, my oh my God!
3: <laughs> <laughs> so it's not that big of a deal, but I hate that scene I hate so God. much because, like, too. I could feel it like every being. I'm like, ah. <laughs> The dropping of the book
0: in the quietest moments. I once accidentally set a, a wreath on fire at my church when I was nine years old. <laughs> During the like nativity scene, we were lighting the oh, candle no. and
4: I lit it up. <laughs> See, I feel like this is so like, I think that Carrie really just gets in her own head about her relationship statuses. And I feel like it really invalidates Big's boundaries because if I wanted my partner to meet my parents, I, like just like showing up at church when you know I'm gonna be there, it's just like really not okay. Right.
3: Yeah. Agreed. No. Absolutely. Like, is all of this kind of like concerning? Sure. But also, you're an adult, and not everything has to be passed by your parents necessarily.
4: Yeah. And I also feel like people have complicated relationships with their parents, and just deciding like I don't care what my partner thinks when I meet their parent, just is really. It's so like. I mean. Isn't that cool?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It feels incredibly insecure to me. Like, she always has to be like, he doesn't want me in this every part of his life. Something's wrong. I have to investigate. Very insecure.
5: Later that night in the church of Disco, Stanford invited everyone he knew to a party to introduce a new fragrance, Fallen Angel.
3: But I have to say, again, Miranda came through. She didn't leave. She knew things would go wrong. She knew Carrie well enough and came back and sat with her. And now they're at a different type of church where there are male go-go dancers. Is that what we call them?
4: Yes. Oh, my God. The nightclubs in Sex the City in the 90s always looked so— It was, like, one of the reasons that I, why I wanted to move to New York. They made the nightlife and the nightclubs look so incredible. Like, they're in an old church with, like, shirtless— ripped gay men dancing in suspended cages with angel wings yeah come on so wait did you go to clubs in new york oh my god yeah i like lived in clubs (laughs) in new york i was like a i was like a feral club rat like i would be like getting home like five six in the morning it was kind of a weird time for me and i and i still love clubs like even though i'm like much probably too old to be there but like yeah, when I was in my 20s in New York, I was like tearing up the clubs—House yeah. of Yes, Bushwick. Oh. <laughs> were they like this? <laughs> no, they were never. They were they were fun, but they were never like this. I never found my like like unbelievable like over the top clubs club like you see in Sex and the City. But I still had a good time. <laughs> hey, hey,
5: what's going on? Why are you crying? <laughs> James has a small dick Oh, well, it's not the end of the world It's really small How small? Too small Well, size isn't everything Three inches
3: Well Hard Ugh. Have you ever Is he a good kisser? Talk oh, to, well, prayers. if you've been with a male partner You're any male partners have you ever talked to them about the size of their dick? No, never, ever would <laughs> oh I do that. Oh my God,
4: are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> like, I love to be like, oh, I'm so sex positive communication. You can't tell a, a man his dick is too small. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you just gotta leave him. <laughs> you just gotta leave him, make up an excuse and go. <laughs> yeah, there's there's no conversation. And, and I've been in that situation. I mean, I hate to say it, yep. I've been in that situation. Yep. And it's like, yep. there was no, there was no thing to say. It just was like, it's not gonna work out. Right. <laughs> oh <my> goodness <laughs> That's me. not to say that You know, size isn't everything, but in that relationship, it was like, well, this is not going to work. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Like, if your (laughs)
3: relationship isn't great anyway, and then you're like, yeah, absolutely not. (laughs) This this, (laughs) this is not the way it's going to go. She took a cab to a
5: part of town never mentioned in The New Yorker. Will I ever get married? Oh. Charlotte goes to another... Fortune. I call the power of
0: all the sellers. Also telling her she'll never be married. I was told once by a Lyft driver, I would never be married. But I do not know where that came from.
3: Were they the one that like, tried to come into the house too? That was Did a different
0: you? guy. Oh <laughs> okay. my God. It's a different guy. But he was like, oh, you'll never be married. Oh, okay. Based on what? <laughs> I think it's because he realized I wasn't very religious. He was very religious. Okay. And I was just kind of like, Eh. And then he was like, "Your soul is in danger. You'll never be married." I was like, "Oh God." (laughs) It's so funny the
4: things I find myself agreeing to, things that like Lyft drivers say just to like get home. I'm like, "Yep, sure, I agree, (laughs) totally." Tell me more. I I love to hear this. This is a great conversation to be having, happening in the back of a car right now. I feel great about it. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. this is perfect. After he
5: left, I cried for a week. And then I realized I do have faith. Faith in myself. Faith that I would one day meet someone who would be sure that I
3: was the one. Like, these are the moments that I have to wonder. I'm like, was this really healthy to make us think that there is a one and then there is a definitive answer at the beginning of relationships? Like... It was like, it's one of those types that I'm like, hmm, what were we doing here?
4: Uh, Definitely not advocating for what we actually wanted and communicating that clearly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that idea of the one is very tricky. Uh, Right. I think it can exist, but I think we've like put it on a pedestal that is not healthy. And I think... (sighs) (laughs) <sighs> <laughs> it's too much pressure.
4: It's a throughline on Sex and the City because I don't want to spoil anything but like um we see that with Miranda and there's an episode called The One where it's like, you know, it makes it makes it seem as though we're all just waiting for the one and there's just like one person and you're going to know and if you screw it up that's it. And I don't I mean, I think it can be true for some people, but I don't think that's I don't think it's a healthy concept to go into relate to into dating or or partnership with right
3: specifically for this show uh again this is future but they change the numbers around and say you get three great loves in your life in order to fit the individual narratives which is still like even uh in that episode carrie talks about how that's very limiting for her too like it's kind of like wait so i have met three loves in my life what and it's over um but it's kind of funny because it does talk very like at the very beginning it becomes Obviously, season one is more of bringing you into the show. And and for a lot of what we were raised with in the 90s and 80s, it is the concept of the one. Whether we're talking about love or saviors or whatever, whatnot, like that's definitely a theme that we have clung to. And I guess we still cling to today. Like even in Everything Everywhere All at Once, they kind of talk about the one uh, in it, which still love that movie but it is an interesting narrative that we have to have a very specific uh ideal of whatever can save us and whether it's the love of our lives or whatever what not and i found it fascinating yeah and i agree like this is when you start realizing like carrie's not a great person maybe maybe we need to talk about that this is really unhealthy <laughs> and that this shouldn't be about who we should be uh, replicating for ourselves, or who we should look up to as uh, what we should be individually.
0: Yeah, um, I think like the the tropes we get around romance <sighs> for me, and I, I would say probably for a lot of people listening are so like that ticking clock, almost like you said, Bridget, with the plane. Like there's that ticking clock. You've got to find this person. If you don't, your life has no meaning. I feel like it's like we're trying to assign meaning to ourselves and to our lives and to procreation and all of these things that might, you know, if you separate it out, might feel kind of like very (laughs) science-y. This is a bigger conversation than perhaps a sex in the city happy happy hour episode. We be. Get there. But like that idea of like we're trying to assign meaning to these things that we might not understand. And through doing that, I think we did that with the one. And for women, I feel like a lot of that is you have to save yourself for this one. And that where the religion conversation comes back in, right? Where religion has played a role in relationships. Um, particularly for women for a long time. And like I said, I didn't have that so much, but I, I still felt it nonetheless. Like my church wasn't like that, but I knew it existed. And I I mean, I even was like, I'm gonna just find somebody and marry and settle down so my parents will be happy because that I just felt like it was so important that I do this thing. And I would just fake it that I found the one which is, I will admit, terrible for both me and the other person involved. And I've moved on. But I did I did think it. And I think right. a part of it is, you know, things like this, which I get is good drama. Like, I'm not mad, but also damaging when that's all we see and that's what we grew up with thinking, oh, this is what I need or else I'm not fulfilled or else I'm just
1: incomplete.
4: Yeah, and it's so... Not only is it damaging, I just think it's, you know, I think as humans, we want, I mean, not to get too, like, deep on this, because we're just talking about sex in the city, but I think as humans, we want to believe that there is more to our experience than, you know, the fact that we're just, like, balls of cells and carbon hanging out on a rock suspended in space. Like, that's the reality. And, like, I can understand why it's comforting to be like, no. There is a design, like I meant to meet the one. I meant to have a life that looks like this. That is my purpose. Because that you don't have to, I think it can be scary to just like be like, oh yeah, everything is random. There is no plan. Like life is life. I'm like, this is kind of it. And like you make what you make of that what you can and try to be happy. It's so much, it's so much more like perhaps fulfilling to think that, like, oh, we're put on this earth to meet the one. And I think it really goes back to like, I mean, uh, are you guys familiar with, I think it's Joseph Campbell, the idea of like the monomyth? Like we we love stories and like we have an entire like mythology around the human experience that says like, you know, the one hero, like the one hero's journey, like he will, the, 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 the main hero will complete their journey and that like that is the point of everything. And I don't know, I just think that like, Life is chaos and random and stuff happens and you got to just try your best to be happy and there is no supposed to or should. And anybody that's, that tr- t- tries to like force that is perhaps, you know, understandably trying to add a-, a layer of meaning because it's really kind of scary to think of it as like not really being that way. I don't know. I th- I, this is like too like, I just recently oh, no. watched Everything Everywhere all at once. so I'm very much like the, the bagel, <laughs> the everything <Yes>. bagel. <laughs>
3: Yes,
0: yes, as we talk, uh, we love it was a hobbies. religious episode, uh, so I think this is appropriate. Yes,
3: <laughs> we're good. I think all about this because it does. It, it ends on a somber note. You know, we have the finale where, like, oh no, will they, won't they? Kind of a situation. Obviously, right now, that it won't. They um, is you know uh, Sam who came in and says she is in love, and now she's not because one aspect of something that's very important to her wasn't met to her standard. We have Charlotte seeking. Uh, and being told constantly that no, she's not going to find love, but then you know we see her eyeing a man that she runs into on the streets. Uh, we have Miranda who decided, you know what, Skip's not as bad as I thought he was. But let's <laughs> let's let's work this out. Uh, we have a lot of those cliffhangers, but the conversation is the bigger. Like, okay, so what are we seeking? at this point in time, what are we looking for? And one of the bigger things I see with, especially with like the Carrie big story in this portion, she's just begging him, and I I get this, and I feel this, to be more significant than the people before her. Which when, when he says, uh, you know, I'm not introducing my mother to another girlfriend. You know, that was an obvious like, ow, what? I'm just a girlfriend instead of something bigger, more significant that I have meaning to your life. And that in itself was a blow. And I get that. That's something that I saw too. I was like, okay, yes, that part, that hurts. You want to be more, you want to mean more to him than his exes. Obviously, you want to be more to that partner than someone that didn't work out. So what's the point of this? As many say, I will say as a person who does not intend to get on get married and I don't see the significance or uh, really care to be married. Like for me, it's like eh, it's not a big deal. Move on. If y'all work out, y'all work out. If you don't, you don't. This wasn't meant to be. But for those who do see that as something they want in their lives, that's really painful. Yeah, yeah.
0: Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank a National Association, member FDIC.
2: Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed, straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and com slash hypergig for details.
0: Uh, I'm curious, because again, this is my first time, um, for you to like... Did you watch it? Like, was this a cliffhanger? Did you have to wait? And also, like, given what you know happens, is there any part of you that's watching this scene at the end where they sort of separate and you're like, ah, yes, I I feel vindication in what happens or, oh, no, I wish they had just, like, stay separated?
4: <laughs> oh, what a good question. I don't know how to answer this without giving away what happens in, like, in the culminative, like, sex-in-the-city universe. uh, I will say, this might be a, a, like, unpopular opinion. I think that, like, the end of this episode, Carrie has her answer. She's interested in a serious, monogamous relationship with Big, and Big is not interested. And so, again, any friend of mine who was in this situation, if I was in this situation, I would say you have your answer. Any time that you spend waiting around for somebody who's made it clear that they don't feel the same way. They don't want the same thing that you want. It is not worth your time. And any extra time that you spend on that person, you're blocking yourself from finding the person who does want what you want. Uh, So I'm a little bit of like a hardline absolutist that when somebody makes it clear what they're looking for and you're clear on what you're looking for and there's not alignment, it is a complete waste of time to like wait around for them or like continue to entertain them. Uh, I think that the majority of *Sex and the City* fans would might might, and perhaps writers <laughs> might think otherwise. <laughs> but if 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 Carrie was my friend, we would have been like, "He's a bum. Let's move on. Like, we're not going to spend any more time on him. You may, he's made it clear how he feels and what he wants."
3: Right. I think I agree. Yeah, we don't want to get too deep into the uh, things that come in the future, but I've never been team big. I will say it that way. And when I was watching, how I watched this was never in its original intent. I was not cool enough to have HBO. I didn't have HBO forever. I think it came in my adulthood. I was like, oh, I can have this? Cool. Uh, It was definitely the edited on CW during the daytime. So all of the episodes (laughs) would skip. So I don't remember my initial reaction. I did feel that heartbreak. Uh, also, because I was like, oh, man, what's happening to all of them? But I think it is, like like you say, Bridget, it is a precursor to everything else. I'm like, you're just digging yourself deeper, and you kind of have your answer. And I wouldn't, uh, maybe, maybe this is just me being selfish and tired. I would never work that hard for this type of a relationship. I'm like, I'm done. It's over. It's done. It's done. Moving on. Next. Yeah. Because
4: uh- <laughs> that's labor but, uh, you could p- be putting into, like, right? Finding anything someone else. else who is actually, like anything, anything else, else anything <laughs> else. Like, yeah, I, I, in my 20s, I definitely entertained some relationship that took a lot of work to, to not even get them to be good, just to get them to be, <laughs> like, kind of fine. Subpar. <laughs> I just feel like if you're doing that much work, like, yeah. at a certain point, wouldn't you be better off by yourself? Like, yes. you know?
3: Mm. Yes. And I really wish she, we
4: got, we do explore her a little bit as
3: single, but she can't be single and do her column as, well, I guess she's kind of supposed to be sex in the city kind of thing, like dating around. Anyway, whatever. Um, But yeah, I think in itself, like it builds up to something obviously better. Again, like I said, I was never team big. Um, That was not my... My thing. But at the same time, it did build up to a good like tug pole, I guess, of who your alliances are with. But also, like, when you kind of come back to the story, like they kind of deserved each other at the same time. I don't know mm-hmm. if I would want to put
4: Carrie with anybody else either. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Carrie is, like, a little bit of a... It's kind of like one of those characters... I see this a lot in, in like, Lorelai Gilmore as well, where it's yeah. like, oh, you're a little bit of a narcissist, aren't you? Yeah. Like, <laughs> mm. you're self-obsessed and have bad boundaries.
0: <laughs> hmm Okay, well, I have another question. Um, have you ever had, maybe not the airport, the rom-com airport thing, but something that resembles... The rom-com
3: airport thing. <laughs> oh, Bridget's saying yes. I'm not cool like that. So I definitely don't.
4: Oh, well, I guess mine was negative. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't like someone running through an airport to like stop me from getting on a plane. It was the uh, the disillusion of a relationship. Someone that I was dating, we were dating long distance. They had come to see me and thinking it was going to be like a sweet time, oh, no. like a romantic time. We ended up breaking up on that trip. Uh, he was getting back into his car to drive the like six hours back home to where he lived after we'd broken up. And I was helping him pack his car and I he had a hatchback, and I shut his hatchback, and I didn't realize there was a tennis racket stuck sticking out of a box. And so as we're like ending this like messy relationship, I go to shut his car and the back the back windshield chatters. And
2: then oh, wow. when he got back
4: to his home, somebody had kicked in his back door and broken into his house. <laughs>
1: Oh, Damn. So it was just a bad
4: time
3: for him. It was a bad <laughs> It was like business. karma. Oh, my You're like, it was good for me. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't go through all that. Ooh. <laughs> that poor dude. But at the same so time, in his mind, he probably
4: thought it. it was like an airport. Like, I'm going to come down there and confess my love. And it's like, I'm going to drive back with some cardboard taped up in the back of my windshield. <laughs>
3: Wow That feels yeah, I've never very much that.
0: like uh, I don't know why But to me that feels like What romance actually is As compared to what we're seeing yeah, in The reality in the, <laughs> yeah.
3: the reality
5: Yeah
3: uh, Okay So obviously Bridget You knew what was going to happen You were ready for it uh, Annie Yeah You were half right Because there was a come to Jesus meeting She needed an answer And she was done She needed a, a commitment She needed to know that she was the one And he couldn't say that which by the way future episodes will have a throwback to that
5: Ooh, but yeah okay.
3: so congratulations i'm going to give you a c cuz i don't have an actual marker as to grade you cuz you weren't completely right but you weren't wrong like- you're not failing a C but is you're failing not- isn't it okay no
4: C is not failing i can, it tell, might I can fail, tell you like c was failing <laughs> Yo, a W is a W no matter how you get it. In, in my family, a C, even a D, some, you know? Yeah. <laughs> my,
3: my brother was able to get, like, dollars for his C when I was making A and Bs. I was like, wait, what? My God! Because <laughs> so, he wasn't an F. So they were very happy, and he could pass the next grade. So, yes, yeah, so that is passing. Okay. Technically. I think college is a little different. They were like, no, this is failing, sorry. Um... But you get a C. So, we have finished Season 1. Yes. What are your thoughts, Annie? I feel like
0: I've said the same thing every time, and I am I apologize for that, but it continues to be true that I think it's odd to me, it's odd and kind of upsetting, but also exhilarating that these conversations still feel new to me. Um, like, they still feel... And that's, that's probably due to what I'm watching, but, it, like, I'm constantly like we do these episodes and then we'll get into a big conversation about things we're still talking about now based on what they were talking about then i mean like even this perhaps we went deeper than they intended but we talked about like religion and dating and the one and all this stuff that is still conversation topics and relationships and i think relationships are so messy that it makes sense to me that it is ongoing as i've said this is not like the thing I would have sought out, but I am enjoying it. And I'm especially enjoying watching it with people and having these conversations. I'm very curious what's going to happen next.
3: (laughs) Yeah, actually, Bridget, I don't know if you're going to remember it because I don't honestly remember. Can you kind of give her a preview of what's coming in season two?
4: Like a trailer? I I remember. If I to like, don't, (laughs) Kill me if this is not right, but my memory is, <laughs> is that it's a, it's a pretty relatable because now so like obviously Carrie and Big didn't work out at the at the episode we just saw. And so next season is really begins with her processing that reality and a lot of like the normal ups and downs that come with processing a breakup, uh really venting to your friends, uh going on some dates. Like I I think like it's it is I, I like the next season because I think I honestly think the show is more interesting when it's not like focal pointed around her relationship with Big. And so I think the universe gets a little bit more complex in a way that I find interesting.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's definitely the friendships that I like the most, for sure. And the nerd references that I keep pointing out that you're
3: like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Yep, She gets me. I'm like, what's happening? (laughs) Uh, Yes. So we do get to get to see that at the beginning. And I really, I think this is the season, especially episode one, is when I love Miranda the most. I'm like, yeah, Miranda. Like, she is harsh and to the point. Uh, but I've felt that way before. Like, you'll see. But it's like, I relate to what is saying so hard right now. And then her apologies. But it's like, she's, some, like, someone finally said it. But yes. I think that's the first episode of season two, right?
4: Yeah. You know I'm talking is, about? What I'm referencing? Yeah, Bridget? yeah. She yeah. is really like a truth dropper and you know she could have been the mayor of New York so <laughs> <laughs> okay. thank you so
3: much for coming on Bridget I was going to say we're going to have to have you back on for season two sometime as well oh, anytime. this is too
4: good yes. it's so fun to watch with people it is
0: it is yes you should definitely come back if you have any favorite episodes you should just like slip us a note <laughs> like yeah. I'll be send you
4: a list
2: yes. I
0: do have please.
4: some faves please yes. that would be
0: please.
3: amazing <laughs>
0: Yes. uh, Thank you so, so, so much as always, Bridget. You can find Bridget uh, at least once a month on here, hopefully in future Sex in the City watch party, happy hour, whatever we're calling it. But you can also find Bridget in other places. Bridget, can you tell the good listeners where they can find you?
4: Yeah, you can check out my podcast uh, on iHeartRadio called There Are No Girls on the Internet, where we discuss all things tech, Internet, nerdy, pop culture, gender, identity. It's super fun. Uh, You can find that wherever you get your podcasts. You can find me on Instagram at DC or on Twitter at BridgetMarie.
0: Yes, and go do that if you haven't already. Uh, And we are very much looking forward to having you back, Bridget.
4: Um, Anytime. Yes.
0: In the meantime, if you would like to contact us, you can. Our email is MomStuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at MomStuffPodcast or on Instagram at Stuff Mom Never Told You. Thanks, as always, to our super producer, Christina. Thank you, Christina. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff Mom Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.